Hello and good morning, you two. How are you doing? I am so excited to talk to you about this book because it's one of those books where it's like, where's it been? Because I didn't have this when I was a child. There was, uh, you know, this is nothing new, but yet we're just starting to finally get out here and talk about it. Yep. Could not have said that better myself. (laughs) (laughs) To bring it together as a team, because this is a collaboration here. What was it like to bring the story together? Oh, um, I can say this is Joanna. It has been such an honor for me to be able to work with Liz, who is this book, Eyes That Leave the World Wonders, is about a Korean transracial adoptee. And it is very much Liz's story. And I just feel so honored to be able to have worked on this project with her. She has been so courageous to share her heart, all the love and the pain and the process of even searching for her birth family. Um, as an adoptee, and it is—it just takes so much to be able to share such a personal story with the world, and it feels like um, not only did I gain a very close friend, but mm-hmm. I learned so much from her um, about adoptees, but just about humaning in general, um, and so it's been beautiful for me. Wow. So, so Liz, as an adult, we're expected to understand the journey of adoption. But when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. And so and that's the thing about that. I love this book is that I, I've taken the time to really get into this story because you're giving us that, that chance to walk in someone else's shoes. I think that's definitely been the hope. And thank you so much for saying that. Um, I have to say that I just also want to be really aware that. I am so proud and grateful to be able to share my story and my journey and also for folks to know who read it, that this is not meant to speak for behalf of all adoptees, all, even though transracial adoptee might seem like a small or specific identity that our experiences vary so much. And so I also just hope that folks who read it, if you are an adoptee, that there might be one or two things that resonate with you, even if it doesn't mirror your own experience. I think one of the uh, things that I, I had a difficult time dealing with was the next year that I went back to school and I had a different last name and people looked at me and treated me differently. And, and I think that, you know, that, that's a tough thing to deal with. Very much so. I mean, even things like growing up, even as a child, if I went into a restaurant with my adoptive family mm-hmm. who present as white and I'm very much Asian, that the host at the restaurant might greet me separately. Or if I'm in a store, people will, you know, greet my family and me separately because they don't assume that we go together. I've even had like like moments when I'm paying for something with a credit card and someone will look at my last name on it and be like, how is that your last name? Like, are you married? Did you take someone else's last name? And I understand that people's curiosity is a very powerful feeling and emotion. And at the same time, people also need to be aware that they are not entitled to adoptees, whole life stories, trauma, all the answers that they just happen to be curious about in a moment. Joanna, you can walk through any grocery store and see how this book is very much a part of our lives. And and I think that it's going to be used as a tool so that we can you know learn how to accept that we don't all have to come from mom and dad. It, 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 man, there's true love there. And, and we've got that open space to be a family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is, uh, this is Joanna. And 
um, I think that's something that's really powerful about sharing a story like this in the picture book form is that it can speak both to young audiences and to adult audiences and picture books because of the way that they're written because of the illustration, because we're really intentional about putting in layers that make the story accessible for children, but also um, to adults, they can look at it and see it with different eyes, having gone through more of life themselves. And so I think that, as was mentioned, you know, as a child, this is a story that really is one that is her story and one that maybe she wanted as a child, but also as an adult, we can read it with different eyes. So when you talk about the grocery store, um, I think it's something that I hope readers can really use to examine some of the questions and some of that curiosity in safe spaces with, um, with their loved ones. Now, Liz, there's something that's happening in my own personal life with with somebody that we know that um, that the the child is from Japan. The parents are American, but it, they they really are trying to get uh, the young boy to to understand the Japanese culture. And it seems like that they're they're pushing him in every single direction. Can parents over push? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is Liz, a hundred percent. When I was younger, I think my parents only tried once. They sent me to like Korean culture summer camp. I really didn't have any positive, like super positive experiences. Yeah. It was pretty uncomfortable. It felt like it was something that was being done to make the parents feel better, not necessarily something for the kid. Every adoptee's journey and you know the process of understanding your identity and your path is gonna be different for everybody. And for me as a kid, I was honestly not thinking a ton about being adopted or the trauma or loss a whole lot when I was, you know, six or seven years old. I was just trying to figure out who I was sitting with at lunch at school. Yeah. And like, because on the one hand, I can hold space for the fact that there is loss and grief and all of these open-ended questions that I would love to have the answers to, but I don't know if that will ever happen. And at the same time, I can hold space for the fact that I really love my adoptive family. I love them the most. They're amazing. Joanna, one of the greatest things about this book is that you include the father. So many stories don't include dad. It's always mom and the kids and things like that. And so to see the father fishing, I mean, I, that, and, and to have the lines all tangled up and everything, I laughed like a kid. <laughs> I love that. So part of the reason that made it into the book is, um, you know, I actually have been a huge Liz fan for a long time. Liz is a super well-known um, educator and anti-bias facilitator and she has made such impact all over the world in many arenas and so I have been following her online for many years and I knew that she went fly fishing and she went fishing with her dad and it's something that she shared with him and so it's something as we talked and as you know there were so many ideas that she shared about her story that felt important to capture and the fishing scene just felt like the perfect way to both <laughs> capture this core memory for her, of hers um, and also many of the things that she shared about the beauties and the challenges as an adoptee in even in a really loving family. I love the way that you shake hands with your readers in the very beginning, Liz, with a, with a dear reader note. I think that that's so important before they bust into the book. 
Yeah, that part was really, really important to me. Um, you know, some of the things that I've already mentioned about not wanting people to think that this is the one single story of adoption, really wanting to speak to adoptees who might be reading it that however they might be feeling, like their feelings or experiences are valid, it might look similar, it might look different. Um, and I think as I wrote that, my hope really is to just one day be able to look back and note this book as like one of the many threads that make up this beautiful tapestry of adoptee literature out there. I hope we get there. I was going to ask you, th- this can't be the only time you're going to be doing this and, and because I was so touched by it. There's got to be other stories. Oh, absolutely. And there definitely has been, I think, more books coming out these days featuring adoptee stories, which is amazing. Um, however, could always use more. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joanna, will, will you write stories about, you know, because you know, a lot of these have been about younger girls or younger boys. But how about that story of the transition into teenhood or from transitions from teen into adult? Um, will we see anything like that where we're actually growing with your, your characters? I think that for me, um, I have written, so I have a young adult novel. It's called The Silence That Binds Us, explores um, anti-Asian racism, Black and Asian solidarity, and also just the power of finding your voice and the consequences that often come with that. I don't know that I will pull characters from my picture books up through young adults, but I certainly do write for multiple different age groups because there is so much more you can say even in you know depending on the forms that we're telling stories through how did, how did you go through the editing process, Liz? Because so many times we, we have so many words inside of us, but in, in a book like this, a picture book, uh, you know being concise is is valuable <laughs> It's so true because it's funny. The first book that I wrote and published was a book on anti-bias education for teachers. And when you write for adults, you don't really have this cap on words. And so going from, you know, use up all the word sentences, like all these examples you like, and then being told, okay, so you have like 32 pages and let's go in for a max of like five sentences per thread um, was a type of editing I've never experienced. I truly think that writing picture books is the hardest type of writing I've ever done. And I've done a lot of different types of writing. Um, and so when it come, came to editing, and I'm so grateful to have, you know, such an amazing collaborative partner like Joanna, um, that we were both really open to feedback. If there were ever, you know, questions or challenges that we brought up around certain word selection, like, For example, I think I remember one piece that we were editing early on was language that I felt kind of implied ownership. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I think a lot of adoptees are very sensitive about. Like, can we change some of these words to, like, you know, convey convey a different idea or feeling? Oh, my God. You know, you just you just shot me back to a a part of of a Mark Twain's book where he talked about that, you know, as we grow older, never lose our accents as as regular people, as creative people, but always stay true to who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Where can people go to, to find out more about the two of you, this collaboration as individual writers, just so that people can give you a lot of love? Because you you guys are so courageous to be able to share stories like this. This is Joanna. You people can find me at Joanna Ho, J-O-A-N-N-A-H-O, right? 
W-R-I-T-E-S.com. That's my website, but Joanna Hoerites is also my handle on most social media platforms. I love it. Liz, how can we find you? Um, on Instagram, my handle is at Teach and Transform, and my writing website is www.lizkleinrock, K-L-E-I-N-R-O-C-K.com. I love it. You guys have got to come back to the show anytime in the future. You know the door is always going to be open for you. Thank well, you so thank much you. for having us. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Okay, you too. <laughs> 